Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. Josh, this is Engage Church. We're so glad to have you. I want to welcome everybody watching online here this morning. It's awesome to have you with us. So Christmas in July, what in the world is that all about? Considering I think at 8 o'clock this morning it was 85 degrees, which is rare for Duluth. But um, Christmas in July is really just something where I want to read this verse and then we'll kind of talk about it. This is kind of our anchor verse for this discussion we're having the next couple weeks anyhow and what we started last week. It's Matthew 1.23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I use that scene, first of all, um, for those of you that might not know, that's a movie called The Nativity Story. It's really cool. It's actually a story about Mary and Joseph, and then it kind of ends as Jesus is born, which is kind of the scene you're seeing there. Two things um, about that movie is, one, it's just a, in my opinion, it's it's really good uh, illustration of the story of that process. But then um, it also shows you some of the conflict that they had. And, and, and so Mary and Joseph, they were going through this, this storm in life. And that's really why I wanted to bring Christmas in July, uh, or wanted to bring Christmas to July, is that the story of Christmas can go with us all throughout the year. And when we think about Emmanuel, when we think about God with us, that's not just on Christmas. God is with us in our wildernesses, in our storms. Last week we talked about the wilderness, and wilderness are these, these times of trial and, and conflict and all kinds of things that, that seem to last a long time, right? Like we're just wandering. Like when Scripture talks about the wilderness, they're talking about wandering, and, and it's, it's a difficult time. It's a long period of time, sometimes years, months, weeks, whatever that might look like. But God is present in that. And we talked about last week that our, our wilderness, our own wildernesses, can be a gift when it drives us to rely on God. Our wildernesses can be a gift when it causes us to depend and rely on God. This week, I want to talk about storms. And storms in our life where God is present is a reality for probably every one of us in here. I mean, we could take some time, go around the room, and, and we'd have a lot of storms that we could talk about. And when, when I think of storms, storms are something that they come on quick. Sometimes they come out of nowhere. Sometimes they can last a little while. Sometimes they can leave right away. I mean, it's something that really hits us, sometimes unexpectedly, but it's really abrupt. Storms are something that come on us fast. I... I grew up in Upper Michigan, the UP, um, in a small town, 2,500 people, something like that. And um, I didn't know many people that really, like, left there permanently anyhow. Like, they would maybe go to Colorado and they'd come back. My thing was I wanted to get out of, out of there. And so in 2003, I moved to Florida because I wasn't going to go out west and nobody didn't know anybody there. I grew up kind of going to Florida back and forth. And so I felt like, okay, I can go far away, but I can still be somewhere that's somewhat familiar. So I go down to Florida in 2003, some point in there. I don't even know what month, whatever that was. And didn't have any storms. You know, there were some like rainstorms. 
But I got to tell you, 2004 came, and all of a sudden these hurricanes in, in two years, in 2004, 2005, it was something like seven or eight hurricanes came through central Florida, which is where I live. So that was an experience growing up on Lake Superior, you know, not really seeing a whole lot of things other than maybe some wind and waves and some rain and, of course, snow. Then you're into these hurricanes. The, in 2004, there was, you guys might remember some of these, but there was Charlie, Francis, Gina, and Ivan. Those were the ones that came right through central Florida. You know, by the time they got to central Florida, most of them were, except for Charlie, it was kind of like low winds, wasn't too, anything too crazy. But then 2005, you know, being that there was four hurricanes the year before, people were saying, well, you know, it's not going to be that bad this year. And then 2005 came. And that's where we had, um, the first one was Dennis. The second one was Katrina. I think we all probably remember Katrina. It just took out New Orleans. It was really bad. Um, and I think Katrina was actually a class five at one point, which would be only one of like three or four hurricanes that have ever been recorded at class five, which means winds of like 185 to 190. That's some big winds there. And then uh, Wilma was also there. And so these were storms, you know, those were things, of course, these days, you, you, you know at least that there's something starting when you're talking about a hurricane. You know that uh, we have ways of measuring that, things like that. But one thing in Florida then, I'll tell you, I, did a, I spent a lot of time on the golf course, and it would just be like out of nowhere. I'm not kidding you. If anybody's ever been in a Florida rainstorm, you know what I'm talking about. But it just comes down in sheets out of nowhere, and, and it won't even really absorb right away. You'll have a couple inches of rain because it's coming down so hard. It'll all of a sudden stop. The sun comes out, and then everything dries up, and it's really, really humid and hot and just annoying. So, I mean, that's really kind of like Florida weather, you know, morning time, just downpour. It's absolutely crazy. It comes out of nowhere, these storms. But storms obviously are not just something. I'm not up here to be like a meteorologist today or talk about the weather or anything like that. That's just some fun facts of what I ran into. But what, I, what I'm really talking about is there's also storms in life. There are storms of betrayal. You know, we had friends that were close to us, and, and we feel betrayed, and that kind of comes in out of nowhere. You, you have this trust built up, and then all of a sudden, I mean, maybe that's with uh, relationships that we have. There's that, you know, there's the, the divorce uh, can happen. Sometimes that comes out of nowhere. I know some people where they, they thought things were going okay, and then all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere. It's just like, it's, it's done. It's over. And, and they're just kind of left like in the storm. There's depression. I mean, some of us, it's it's... It's um, possibly like self-inflicted in some ways, but others, we just are, we're dealing with this depression. We don't know what to do. It's just kind of out of nowhere. We've never really handled that before. There's addiction that can start to creep up on us, and then just out of, out of nowhere, you realize like you're, you're over the, the top, and, it, and it's a struggle. Cancer, that's another one. Man, in my family, uh, not just like with my mom, but my grandmas and grandpas, and, and this stuff just kind of came out of nowhere. And, um, and it's, it was devastating because it took lives very rapidly. And, and so it's, it's just incredible. And in these storms in life, we're really left answering or asking the questions. We're really left asking the questions, where is God? Where are you, God? Do you really even care? Why are you allowing this? Why don't you do something? I mean, these are questions that we all ask. It's normal. I want you to know that today. Sometimes when we ask questions to God and we have those, we start to feel like a little bit of guilt and stuff. These are normal questions. Sometimes when we ask a question, we get an answer. 
and God shows up. And today, what I really want to talk about, the, the thing that I want you guys to take away from this discussion, this sermon, the speech, the lecture, whatever you want to call it up here today, is this. Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. And that's why we're talking about Christmas in July. Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us in the wilderness. He's with us in the storms. And I just want to dive into his word and show us where that truth, where we can rely on that truth and learn from it, grow from it, and move forward in our lives. When you look in Acts uh, chapter 27, we're going to kind of hang out there for most of it today. And uh, you, you come across this scene. <clears throat> There's some men that are used to being out on the water, right? They're fishermen, they're sailors. They're used to being out on the water. They're grown men. They find themselves sailing, and they, they have this storm kind of come out of nowhere. And um, it's, this, it's this big windstorm. In fact, the Bible calls it the Great Northeastern. I mean, it's like a, a big storm. And, and these guys start to panic, and through that story, not right away, but they start to panic, and they're, they're literally throwing cargo over, like important cargo that they need to eat and drink and all that stuff, just because they're, they're fearing for their lives. They're terrified. They're absolutely terrified by this abrupt storm that has hit them out of nowhere. And these are... These are uh, uh, what do I want to say, educated uh, sailors. They're, they're certified. They know what they're doing. Uh, they've done this before. And it picks up here where I want to talk, uh, just start talking is actually in Acts 27, verse 20. It says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. I mean, come on, we feel like this, right? Like I know this is talking about like an actual storm, but doesn't this feel like this sometimes when the, when the sun ain't showing, the stars aren't showing, it's just all dark, we don't know which way to go, we're in this unknown, and it just seems like the storm keeps raging, the storm keeps raging. I mean, we can relate with this kind of stuff. And here it says, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Finally, it's just like, you know what, like, we're not going to be saved, here goes the cargo, this is our last shot, maybe the wind will just, like, take us somewhere where we hit an island or whatever. It's our last hope. Like, we, we started to give up hope. And man, when I read that this week, and I sat in some prayer, it's just amazing how this scripture just, you, you start to see people's circumstances that you know. You start to, you start to just even look at your own life and, and see this because we've been there. If you're not there right now, you know, I heard somebody say this. This is like so unencouraging. It says you've either, you're either coming out of a storm, or wait, you're either in a storm you're coming out of a storm or you're about ready to go into a storm. So welcome to life. Like, isn't that exciting, right? And I mean, that's just so true. Jesus says it too. He says in this life, you're going to have trouble. I've heard other people, um, not, not necessarily in scripture, but I've heard other people say like life is suffering. And it's kind of like those mountaintops in between that suffering. And I know that's not like a fun way to look at it, but that just seems so true sometimes. And I've just met so many people that are just ready to give up hope. It's like, that's it, I'm done. Can't take this anymore. Marriage isn't going to make it. They're giving up hope. Man, I see that a lot. It's like you're right there. You know, you're shoulder to shoulder. If you just turn towards each other. If you just turn towards each other. But they're losing that hope. It's not going to make it. 
Or, or some of us, man, we really struggle in our singleness. I'm always going to be single. I, I just was at a family, uh, not really reunion, but a thing yesterday, and I'm not going to name names because now this is on video and I'm already going too far, but there was a certain person of older age that was struggling with the same thing. Loneliness. Am I just going to always be alone? Always be alone. This, that's a tough thing to go through. That's a storm. We didn't plan on it. I'm never going to get out of debt. The storm rages on and we're just losing all hope. That's a big one. Never going to have a child. We're trying and we're trying and we're trying, right? I mean, the list goes on. There's no way I'm ever going to graduate. I'm always going to be depressed. The storm continues to rage in our life. This is where we, we find ourselves. And Paul, um, he kind of gets annoying in this next passage that we're going to talk about. And I think we've either been this guy or gal or we know somebody. But we're not going to turn our head and point to anybody because I don't want to be in any trouble after this one. But I'll just let scripture be scripture here. It says this, it says, after they had gone a long time without food, I'll tell you right now, without, hangry is a real thing. And I, I am a nice guy. When I go a long time without food, I, I want to be by myself. Let's just put it that way. But um, so it says, after they've gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. I mean, who loves that guy, right? I mean, the, the I told you so. I mean, Paul, this super spiritual guy, was not above being that guy that's going to be like, I'm on the boat with you. I made the choice with you. But I told you back there, if you would have just listened to me, we wouldn't be in this, in this trouble, Right? I mean, we, we've all heard that before. It's just incredible. And actually in Christian circles, in, in people that I know that follow Christ, that have said, Jesus is my Savior, and they're trying to follow his principles, what I hear all the time is blame it on the devil. Right? Like, like the devil did it. The devil made me do that. The devil caused this storm. And as we see in this story in Acts, what I like about it is it kind of hits us between the eyes because these men are in that situation because they made a decision. It was a poor decision. And sometimes we end up in a storm when we've made a poor decision. Now, that's not to bring shame on you here today. That's not to, to keep you down. I I'm actually want to encourage you, so keep going with me. But sometimes it's just our own decision. It's, it's not the devil doesn't have anything to do with it. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because you spent too much money. Sometimes that's just the reality. Sometimes you're in the middle of the storm. I got to raise my hand on this one because you let your emotions, I call it passion, it sounds better. You let your emotions come out and you say the wrong thing to the wrong people at the wrong time and it just, you, you want to like grab it right as it comes out. Man, I'm really good at that. Really good at that one, right? You're in that storm. Sometimes it's, you're in this storm that you've created because you've procrastinated. You've put it off. And it's not the devil that caused you to fail your final exam. It's because you want to stay up and play, you know, Minecraft and Dominoes, whatever game is out there these days, right? Which Minecraft is probably more like my kid's age. But anyhow, we're moving on. Or maybe you're in this relationship and the storm of this relationship because everybody in your life told you to say no to him or her. You know, your mama told you no, your daddy told you no, your pastor told you no, your friends told you no. 
but you see the potential. And now you're in this storm of this relationship. And maybe that's why they were giving up hope in this storm. Because I can tell you guys right now, when I feel like God is allowing me to go into a storm, like I, I almost feel like he's like created it. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, but like allowing me like to, to build my faith, whatever that might be. I mean, it is so easy for me to feel like God is going to get me out of that storm. Right? When I feel like God's brought me to that storm, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is just a lesson. Like, let's coast on through, right? It's not fun. But I sure believe that much more than if I got myself into the storm. I've overextended my budget. I've, I've said something I shouldn't to somebody. Now I'm kind of sitting there like, man, I deserve this. I'm here because I got myself here. That's when we don't really feel Emmanuel, we kind of feel like we've distanced ourselves from God. And that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. But, but we get ourselves in, the, in this because of our own fault. For some of the crew in this story, they're on the boat, they're in the storm, and it's not their fault. They were kind of just like, hey, I got to go along with these guys. They're along for the ride. We can raise hands, just don't look anybody. How many of you have been in a storm that's not really your fault, but you're there because someone else caused it? No. Okay, I, was gonna, I thought hands were going to fly right there, but we're being nice today. That's great. You know, how about you're in this storm, like your parents got a divorce. That's a storm that you didn't create, but you're in that storm. Life changes. Emotions change. Like, it, it, just, it just happens, right? Or maybe uh, your company makes a bad decision. In fact, I, I, I know a good friend of mine right now that's dealing with that. Their company sold to another company, and it's just kind of hasn't been what it should be. And, and now he's got to make decisions of what his options are, right? It, it's just, it happens. Some of you that are in, uh, on staff here, maybe like your pastor made a bad decision, and now you've got to kind of be in that storm with him. I'm sure that's not happened to anybody here, but it could. Maybe you trusted somebody. You know, you trusted somebody, again, that betrayal kind of comes and you're in that storm, not because of your doing, but you're just there. And this is what scripture tells us, right? Like, I mean, we're getting this picture of the storm. There's all kinds of reasons that these abrupt storms can come up in our life. It can be because of bad decisions. It can be because of somebody else's decision and you're with them, right? But never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. In Acts 27, 22, and 23, it says this. This is just encouraging words. It says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. I mean, that's kind of, boy, that's, that's a little uh, intense for Paul to say that or even kind of like arrogant in some ways. Like an angel of the Lord stuck next to him. So there's more ways than one. There's more ways than you can really even imagine that God presents himself Emmanuel. And this has just been so on my heart. Like that's why I had to do this in July. Is because sometimes when we go through that Christmas season and we talk about this Emmanuel, this God being present with us, it's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what you talk about when there's the Christmas tree and like it's that season and I've heard this and it kind of gets lost. 
But Emmanuel, that's God with us. And he's not just this little, you know, five-pound, four-ounce, blue-eye, whatever, you know, stinky, dirty baby. He's a grown man that died for our sins on the cross. He died. And three days later, by the power of God, he was resurrected. And he is alive right now, wanting a relationship with you, preparing eternity to be with you. That is God with us. We get ourselves in these storms and, and he is beside us. I believe that there is angels among us. There, there's powers of this world. It says that it's not just against flesh and blood, but it's, it's against the, the spiritual forces. And there's things all around us that we can't see with our human eyes, but it's in the spiritual realm. He's present. I like to think there's a couple angels next to me right now. I'm just doing a little nucky knock. I'm just kidding right there. But he's present. He's very real, as real as that is. And I love that Paul points this out, is that there was an angel that stood beside me, and God told me that the boat will be destroyed, but we will be okay. Stand firm in that. Stand firm in that. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. His spirit dwells within us. It dwells within us. When we, when we confess with our mouth, right, that Jesus is Lord, he's the boss of our life, we just say, you know what, my life is not mine, it's yours. Take it. You guide me. You do what you want. When we believe in our heart that he did die on that cross, it says that we're saved and his spirit dwells within us. It's kind of cute, my two-year-old, I, at, at night, I'm just like, you know, where does Jesus live? And she's always doing this. Sometimes it's here, but most of the time it's right up here. She's got it down. Inside us, inside our heart, I love that. And the thing about him being present with us is that we have an omnipresent God. Like, he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's a mind blow. I understand that, but that is our God. So when we pray a prayer, he knows that prayer. He goes before us. Old Testament talks that he is, he is like smoke and fire before us. He goes before us. He fights our battles for us. He's in that storm with us. You hang on to that truth. Believe in that truth. Let that be the one that guides you out of that storm. He hears your prayers. He's crying with you. He's comforting you. And he wants to guide you if you would only let him. He is as close as Paul was talking that an angel was standing next to me in that storm. He's here. He is with you. Emmanuel. Now I lost my place because I got super fired up right there. I love this, these verses. We don't, we don't need these up there, but I just want to share these with you. There were kind of just some notes last night as I was reviewing this that, that came to my mind. And, and in Timothy, Paul, Second Timothy, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, he says, everybody has deserted me. I know I've felt like that before. It's not true. It's never true. But you feel like that sometimes, right? Like everybody's deserted me. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Everybody has deserted me. All my plans have gone south. My spouse doesn't even want to be with me. My, my parents have deserted me. My friends have betrayed me. But God, the Lord, has stood by my side and given me strength. Man, I want to, I, that's the way I want to go through a storm. <laughs> I know the Lord, this is uh, in Psalm 16, it says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken 
for he is right beside me. Over and over and over again in scripture you hear this. God is with you. Back in that time, I was telling you guys about uh, Florida, and I think in 2004, I, I had a few months where I just lived in an RV. It was so cool. Man, it's just fun. Lived in an RV at this place. I paid like $10 a night. Let me tell you, it was dangerous, but I don't know. It was just God's grace that I lived through there. It was, it was pretty incredible where I stayed. I don't know why I did. But I stayed there, didn't have a job. You know the story. You're getting down to your last like $300 because $300 can last you forever, Right? And I uh, started to pick up a job. Well, I got a job at a resort called the Mission Inn. It's right in central Florida, Howie in the Hills, pretty cool spot. And I was working the front desk. Well, they have this ship that got built like, I don't know, in the 20s or something like that. And it's literally like an inland lake, all wood ship. But what was unique about this is most boats, they build like in two pieces and then they just kind of bring them together. This boat was made by a man and it was literally like a two-tier, kind of like the Vista Cruz size. And it was all wood, but it, it couldn't be separated. Well, every X amount of years, if you're going to have, um, you know, people pay to be on a boat, you have to get that inspected by the lifeguard, or the, yeah, the life, or whatever it is. The Coast Guard, thank you. The lifeguard. And, um, and so this was Central Florida. <clears throat> the, the Coast Guard doesn't come to you. You have to go to them. So they had to take this boat up the St. John's River and take it all the way up to Jacksonville, which is like, by car, it's like three hours away, so you can imagine this was like a couple-week trip. Well, what happened was this river was also a logging river, and so all these cypress trees just kind of got left there years and years ago, so you have, you know, trees sticking up, this, that, and so the boat had to be moved about a foot at a time with a couple bass boats in front with chainsaws and moving these logs around. I know, where are we going with this story? It's a cool story. And so um, they must have seen, hey, this young guy at the front desk looks super strong, got a lot of muscle going on. No, but they just, um, they said, you know, would you mind, <laughs> would you... <laughs> you stop it. Uh, you're supposed to agree with everything I say up here, okay? I just want to. Um, so anyhow, they, they asked if I wanted to jump on that boat for a couple weeks. Why not, right? So I go and do that, and the, and the pay was going to be even better, and it was, like, really kind of cool. So I go out on this boat, and I'm there for, like, a week. When we got to the boat, I am not kidding you when I say this, we had to use a foghorn because there was these monkeys on there in Florida. And the reason they were there is because the old movie Tarzan got filmed there, and a bunch of them escaped. So this is just weird from the get-go. Then... There's literally like river people there. And I'm just going to let your imagination go on what river people mean, but let it go because it was like that, okay? Like, I mean, let your imagination go. You're probably coming close. This was a weird couple weeks, I'm telling you. I'm right there in central Florida, but it was like we were in the jungle. I'm running a chainsaw. I kind of grew up not doing that kind of stuff, so that wasn't smart. Literally had this like redneck of a man just drinking Bud Light from morning to noon. He was just a guy that actually came, one of the river people that came just to help us, but he wouldn't leave. Like, we're just like, okay, I guess he's like cutting up logs in front of us because it was his river. And, I mean, this was like a serious story, right? And so it got to be like three or four nights and I'm like, okay, my storm kind of came. I'm out, I'm out on the, the deck of the boat and I'm like, how do I leave? There's water moccasins, there's crocodiles, or not crocodiles, but alligators, there's river people, there was monkeys. It was crazy, right? Chainsaws going everywhere. And like I said, let your imagination go, because you're probably getting close on that. 
And so I'm sitting there and I was thinking, like, how can I get out of this? Like, I need to get out of this. This is not my thing. And the captain of the boat came down, and he was actually like a Navy captain. In fact, anybody ever seen the movie Men of Honor? Okay, well, there's a movie out there, Men of Honor. There's a master chief that that movie's kind of about. And this guy, his master chief was the guy in the Men of Honor, like the, what the movie's about, but the real guy. And so he was very, very well trained, which was awesome. And he just kind of sat down and he talked me through it. And he says, listen, I know like you're not having the time of your life and this really stinks, but he's like, we really need you. And um, just kind of gave me a little pep talk. And, you know, I sniffled. I was, you know, wiped the tears away. And I'm like, okay, I'll stay. You know, like that kind of thing. And two weeks went by, and it was just a really exciting. We, we came into the St. John's River, and it was like a big celebration. I was glad I stayed. The reason that I tell you that story is because the only thing that changed my storm at that moment, the only thing that changed my storm was who was on the boat with me. Who was in the boat with me? Because if it would have been another person, that captain wouldn't have sat down with me. I was going to just take my chances and swim the next chance I got. I wanted out of there. It was buggy and humid and all that. And it's all about who is in the boat with you. God is in the boat with you. He was in the boat with them. He's in the storm with you. He's in your finances right now. He's in your marriage. He's in your business. He's with you. You have to hold on to that. You have to believe that. Mark and Matthew both tell a story of a whole, whole other uh, uh, ship uh, uh, storm happening where all these disciples that were really close to Jesus, they fall asleep. They get terrified again. This is a completely different story. And Jesus, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're literally like shaking him like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They're freaking out. And Jesus just comes up and he says, be still. Chill out. He just says that to the storm. And what I love about that scene is that the peace is not in the absence of the storm for these 12 men that know Jesus so well. The peace was in the presence of God and who they were with. The peace came from who is with you in that storm. It's not the absence of the storm where you're going to gain peace. We try to get rid of it all the time, and it seems to make it worse. It's the understanding of who is with you in that storm that changes everything. Everything it changes. Acts 27, 23, and 24, I'm just going to read it one more time. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by my side and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God graciously given you the lives of those who sail with you. So that just went even a little bit farther. And what he's saying is, okay, so now you understand who's with you, but here's the other thing you have to understand. You can't go down in this storm. You can't go down in this battle because I have another battle for you to fight. And it's not just for you. I'm not trying to to take you through something and hurt you. I'm doing this for the benefit of others, that you will have a story to tell, that you can help somebody walk through. See, in this, he said to him, you have to stand trial in front of Caesar. That's not an easy thing to do. I I don't want you to go down in this storm. I have another storm for you. Oh, yay. God will use what you learn in the storm to help you through others and help you reach others. For example, maybe you survived cancer. Maybe you survived cancer. 
and you help somebody else fight with faith. Maybe you talk about just how God was with you through the whole thing. People wrapped around you. I mean, God wants you to use that. He doesn't want you to go down in that storm. He wants you to use it for others and bring him glory. Uh, overcoming on faithfulness in marriage. I actually know really good friends who have overcome this. And they use that to help others say, don't give up. Don't give up. It's worth it. Fight for it. Fight for it. You climbed out of debt and now you can help others climb out of debt as well. That's an amazing thing. Maybe you're, you know, 150, 170, I don't know, five years sober. And you talk to people about that. It's amazing. For those of you that have been at Engage for a couple years, a couple months, whatever, you hear me talk about my struggle in the past with alcohol. And I bring that up all the time, but that's my story. I can't change my story. I can't add to it. I can't take away. That's my story. But I will tell you that a good majority of time when I bring that up, even just as a little bit of a testimony as I'm preaching, I will get an email or somebody will talk to me after service and they'll just say, man, I struggled in that area too. It's amazing. Every time. It's just amazing how God uses that. Uses that storm to help encourage you and others. Acts 27, 25 says this. You know, so keep up your courage. Courage is you can still be afraid. You can still be uncertain where you're going. But you're, you're saying, I'm going in that direction. I know who's with me. That's what courage is. It's not, the, it's not the absence of a storm. It's not the absence of fear. It's the understanding of who is with you, who is present. And you're willing to move forward. That's courageousness. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. See, faith isn't in what I see. Faith is in what God says. And Paul teaches us that lesson right here. He's like, I see a storm whipping around. I see us chucking cargo. I feel a little bit of fear. But I know what God told me. God told me we're going to get through this. Hang on to that. I want to just finish with this. This is in Psalms. It says, God is our shelter and strength, always ready to help us in times of trouble. I don't know about you, but I hit trouble a lot in life. I really do. I'm not just saying that. It's just life is troublesome. So we will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar in rage and the hills are shaken by, by the violence. So really what that's saying is like, no matter who's in the White House, no matter if the economy is up or down, no matter what's happening in my relationships, no matter where my business is going, no matter how the parenting's happening, because, oh, boy, that's tough at times, whatever, uh, if I can't get a job, that Jesus is what I need. Jesus is my safety. Jesus is my strength, my comforter, my redeemer, my sustainer, my provider, my assurance, who I can rely on. Peace isn't found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of God. And I just want to finish with this right here, like I just said 10 minutes ago. Matthew 1.23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. Somebody needs to know today that God is with you. God is present. If you're able to and you want to, would you stand with me? We have these cards, and I know that somebody has mentioned them once today, but if you want to leave some information with us, there's a, there's a um, bucket in the back. You can fill these out and leave them there. But especially today, if, if we could all just, just out of respect for everybody, would you guys just mind closing your eyes? Just, just out of respect for people. And maybe today, you, you know, you've been in this storm of life. Maybe it's even been a wilderness for you. It's been happening for a while. And you've been trying to just do this stuff on your own. You've been trying to go about life, trying to fix this problem, trying to get out of this storm on your own. And you just want to say, enough's enough. And recognize who's in that boat with you. Recognize who's in that boat with you and ask the Lord to be present in your life for the very first time. If that's you, would you be so bold to just raise your hand? Every hand's clo- or every eye's closed, right? Every head's bowed. I'm the only one up here, but I want to be able to pray for you. I see you up front. I see you in the back. I see you in the middle there. Good. And then maybe you're in this storm and, you know, you, you've, you've relied on God. You've been through these storms before, but this one's just been raging. It's just been going too far. And maybe you're even there because of some of your own decisions and you're just done with it and you just need Christ. You need to recommit to him. You need to say, Lord, come and be, I, I know you're here. I know you're present. I just want to tell you that. I want you to take control of this storm. If that's you today, And you want to let Jesus into your storm so he can start to guide you out, recommitting your life to him and giving him this storm. Would you raise your hand where you're at today? I just want to be able to pray for you. God bless you, hands everywhere. Amen. If you'd be courageous enough to, you don't have to, but if you want to, fill out this card, even just say, I'm going through a storm or I've prayed something, whatever information, just put that in the back. I just want to talk to you briefly. I want to pray for you. I want to send you an encouraging email or a text or whatever. Just let me encourage you. Let this church be something that you come to for healing. That's what the local church is. We, we confess to God for forgiveness and we confess to other for healing. We need healing. Storms are hard. If that's you, just fill out those cards and put them in there. But I want to pray for you guys, and then we'll be out of here. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you is not enough for your word, for your scripture, where we can go and we can, we can learn things, Lord. We can actually see practical ways of how we can start to be healed, how we can break down walls, how we can move forward. We, we felt stuck. We felt in storms. We felt like we were wandering in wildernesses. But your word just comes true every time that you're with us, that you want nothing more from us just to let go and let you guide us. It's not about us doing something better. It's about giving our lives to you and our hearts to you and letting you have your way. Thank you, God, for being Emmanuel. Thank you for seeing our biggest need was you and showing us how we can be with you again. I pray for all the ones who raise their hand to receive you for the first time. You say that to those of you, those of you that will receive, you give the inheritance to be a child of God. And we celebrate that today. For the ones that raise their hands, that's a miracle. We thank you that 
that you're working in people's lives. And for the ones that are recommitting and they just recognize that they've been kind of going along in the, possibly the motions or they've been in the storm and they're trying to figure things out on their own, thank you that they see that you're the answer and you've been there all along. So we learned last week, you're as close as a whisper. We just thank you for what you're doing in hearts, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this local church and we see what you're gonna do in this city through our obedience. We love you, we pray this in your name, amen. God bless you. See you next week. I hope you guys consider doing the dodgeball and baptism. Bring somebody to church. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.